Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We had the pleasure of welcoming back to the show for the third time, Mr. Dale Ho. He's the voting rights director at the ACLU. You know, it's a little little nonprofit you might have heard of. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we did forget to say that we want to bring up at the top of this episode, uh, we just celebrated our 500th episode and raised some money for the ACLU, greatly because of watching the documentary, The Fight, and meeting Dale and getting to know more of the intricacies of what they do. Yeah. So uh, as soon as I get that check, I will be cutting a portion of that to the ACLU. Um, But yeah, uh, Dale has been probably one of the bright spots in 2020 for us Mm -hmm. as a podcast. And um, and we just love him. Like, I I, I have to be really honest uh, ahead of the interview. I don't know why I was getting super emotional about talking to him because Uh, I know why. Yeah. Well, sure. We know. I mean, sure. But um, it's just he's very uh for us i think he's very relaxing and calming Mm -hmm. and to talk to him about all of the shit that he does it's incredible it's incredible the work he does yeah um yeah i mean he's a he would never cop to it but he's definitely a hero and i think maybe we said that to him and at sundance i'm not sure i think we've said it multiple times and he's technically been on this is his third time just this year (laughs) yeah yeah so maybe we should have like a three three times per year minimum for dale just yeah feel better it's nice to know that there are people like him out there fighting these fights for us yeah and let's not forget he's a bay area native that's what i i love about him oakland a's that's right which i didn't we didn't have time to talk about the playoffs i don't even know if he had time to even watch them but um Anyways, we love Dale. We love the work you do, man. And you are really, you're doing it. And um, I feel like there should be the fight part too, but I don't think that'll, (laughs) I don't know if that'll happen because- Still fighting, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Still here, still fighting. Mm -hmm. But um, you'll hear in this interview, there's there's a new case coming up that is unbelievable. And um, thank you so much for sharing, Dale, because we had no idea you know, what's going on. We can only keep track of so much bullshit that's happening in the world right now. So um, thank you to Dale. Uh, Shout out to Juan for helping us coordinate this interview with the very busy Dale Ho. And thanks for listening. You were going to come back on right before the elections. Yeah, of course. I'm sorry (laughs) that that was hard to pin down. Sorry, are you kidding me? Yeah. Again, you're doing God's work or whoever's work work right now. Correct. Yeah. Well, I, I guess we can kind of start there. We want to thank you for not only coming back, but sticking to your word and coming back right before the election when we really need needed to see your face and have your inspiration yes. again, because <laughs> yes. every day seems it's like rough. It's, it's like, it's rough how many here. more days? How many more days left? Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. So can you give us a quick update on how all of your cases are going and, and how you're feeling right now? Yeah, so um, I think last time we talked, I was telling you a little bit about the dozens of cases we filed to try to make sure that people can vote safely with the pandemic going on. Most of those cases have wrapped up at this point. Um, We, I think last I checked, we won 26 um, 
um, rulings or legal changes where the state just backed down and did what we had asked, you know, everything from states that weren't letting people, everyone vote by mail who wanted to. We got five states, we sued five states that were refusing to do that and they changed their rules. Um, a number of states have made it easier, like getting rid of um, things like witness signature requirements on absentee ballots, right. um, you know, things related to the deadlines, defending the use of drop boxes, suing for the right of people to assist others with their absentee ballots. If you believe that, there are some states that prohibit that. Um, so all in all, um, happy with, you know, how the litigation went this year. Um, but also, you know, there's a lot going on running into the election now as right. you know, early voting has begun. I mean, sometimes people talk about, you know, the election next week, but it's happening now. Right. right. We already have over 60 million votes cast. Incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Just insane. I mean, like that yeah. number is huge. Last in, in 2016, you know, about 130 million people voted total. So we're right. already more than a week before the election at about half of the turnout from 2016. Yeah. Right. So what, what, yeah. So what, what is the general feel for you in, in terms of the work that you've done and, and the outcome of this election? Are you, are you feeling hopeful? Are you, how, <laughs> yeah. how is you feeling around the office with your team? How are you guys feeling? Yeah. Well, or around the you, office, there's no, do you still feel? <laughs> yeah. Are there feelings? <laughs> are you numb? Like we are at this point. Sorry. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of feelings um, happening right now. Um, it's, uh, it's, everyone's pretty stressed out, even though most of that pre-election litigation is finished, we're just preparing for what, you know, we hope doesn't happen, but mm -hmm. the wide range of emergencies that could happen on election day or afterwards. So a lot of people are worried about voter intimidation. You know, thank God we haven't seen a lot of that happening yet so mm -hmm. far. And um, it looks like, you know, um, obviously there are a lot of strong feelings right now and a lot of crazy laws in some states that allow people to say open carry assault rifles in polls, which I think is probably not a, the best practice, particularly yeah. with the country, you know, being on edge right now. But so far, not a lot of, you know, concerns about voter intimidation, but we're going to be prepared to respond if um, there are any credible reports. Um, and, and, and then we're just waiting to see if on election day, there are problems like breakdowns with machines, mm -hmm. um, that cause long lines, if we need to try to convince, you know, um, elections officials to keep polls open later because mm -hmm. of problems like that. Um, and then um, once voting finishes, there's a whole range of potential problems that we could encounter that, um, you know, we don't normally worry about, but um, this year we're just trying to be a little extra prepared for potential problems um, which we can talk about some more. Um, yeah. There's just going to be a yeah. lot of ballots not counted by election night and, um, you know, some concerns about whether or not there might be efforts to try to interfere with the full count of ballots. Yeah, I, I did want to ask, and I know you just went over some of the things, but I think like as, you know, Joe Public's out there, what what should everyone know um, going into election day, because I'm actually going to vote on election day. My fiance um, registered to be a poll worker and it just happened to be that they gave him the polling place literally in our neighborhood. So oh, I'm like, Oh, awesome. well, I have to do that. <laughs> but you know, like, but, support, right. but, 
Yeah. What are the chances? I'll bring them donuts or something, but um, I don't even know if that's legal. I have to look into that. But um, what, <laughs> what should people know going that day? I think you can bring your fiance donuts. I Do think you think that's okay? <laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't want to be in looked, trouble. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that like <laughs> dropping off a snack or, or, or a meal for your partner who's working the polls, that there's nothing untoward about that. Thank okay, you. Well, if it's That's... not okay, Dale, that needs to be your next case. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Call me, right. there's a problem. I will literally shoot you a, a quick email about that. No, but um, <laughs> what should people know going into that day if that's their plan to go vote that day in their states? I mean, I, the first thing is if you're in line, stay in line. If you get in line before polls close, you have a right to cast your ballot. They can't cut off the you know, the, the, the line um, before the official polling closed time. It's obviously different in different states, but that's one thing. Um, if you run into any problems like voter intimidation or if the machines break down, um, there's a nonpartisan election protection program hotline that ACLU lawyers are gonna be participating in. It's operated by the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights and, you know, networks of lawyers from all over the country are on call, available to take voters calls and help you resolve um, whatever problems you encounter on election day. The number is 866-OUR-VOTE. Um, that's 866-O-U-R-V-O-T-E. Um, anyone can call it, it's nonpartisan, um, it's nonprofit, um, and people will respond to your issues. If they can help you navigate them over the phone, they will. If they can't, and it's a bigger problem, um, they elevate it to folks who like me, who either call the elections officials that need to be um, notified to try to get them to fix the problem. And if they refuse to, then if it's appropriate, we, we bring lawsuits to make sure that everyone can vote on election day. So that's, that's another thing. If you have a question about what your rights are um, as a voter, there's an ACLU online guide for this. It's aclu.org slash voter. We have some know your rights information for all 50 states. Um, um, so those are some basic things that people um, can know that is helpful, I think, while you're trying to vote on election day. And then after polls close, here's something, and I'm sure you've heard this already, but it's really, really critical. This election just might be different than past ones in terms of when we know who the winner is. Um, we're got, we've gotten so used to like polls close and then five minutes later, there's like breaking news graphics on cable news telling us a forecast of who they think won the election. Um, this year, it might not go down that way. Um, more ballots are being cast by mail than in any election in American history. Those ballots take longer to process. Some states don't even start processing those ballots until polls close, um, which means, you know, on election night, a state like Pennsylvania, for example, could have 40 or 50 or 60% of the ballots still completely uncounted. Right? So you won't be able to forecast the winner of that state on election night. Um, and if it's a really close election, and if it's down to a couple of states, it's possible we're not going to know who the president-elect is on November 3rd. Now, we might. I, so I, I don't want to tell everyone we're definitely not going to know. It's possible if it's like a landslide, if you know it doesn't come down to just one or two states. But, you know, and we can talk about the different scenarios that can emerge. Um, um, so, so we might know who won on election night, but it's possible that we won't. And if we don't, that doesn't mean there's a problem. It means that we're taking the time that we need to take in order to make sure that everyone's vote is counted. The election's right. not over until every vote is counted. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So on election day, are you guys at the ACLU? Are you just like the mothership and people are just calling you from different states (laughs) and you're like sending people out? I want to imagine like how you guys even operate. Is it a big switchboard? That's my question. Yeah. Yeah. Are you like Houston? It's like Dale, we have a problem. Plugging in the- uh, Yes. Yes. He's like, yes, Hawaii. Yes. Alaska. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How do you even manage that? Well, normally what we do is, so we work, we always work through this election protection program that's um, operated by the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights, one of our um, partner organizations. And normally there are basically, you know, big rooms in every kind of, you know, key or important state or state with a large, you know, population of voters of color that who, who, whom we're trying to um, protect in particular. Um, and, you know, we just go out there for a few days, like the ACLU legal team that worked on voting rights, and then even some lawyers who don't normally work on voting rights, we just fan out all over the country, and try to have one or two people in each of those rooms to take calls ourselves. Um, but also, if it can't be resolved all over the phone, and we have to bring a lawsuit, then we have, you know, lawyers on the ground to help with that. And the ACLU state organizations assist with that. Um, this year, that's not happening right? Because people aren't traveling because of the pandemic. So it's all happening kind of virtually. All of these um, rooms that we would normally have are basically like Zoom rooms where like people are going to be on Zoom together so they can talk to each other if they're hearing the same complaints in certain states, but everyone's going to be kind of like, you know, responding to calls and email intakes um, from their own homes. Um, But I've similarly, like the way we've done things in the past, I've assigned different ACLU lawyers to deal with problems in different individual states. And um, we're just we're just doing it virtually instead this time. So you're going to break Zoom. That's what you're saying on election day. That's what's going to (laughs) happen. That's Um, insane. You kind of talked about it um, just a little bit and talking about what to expect on election day. But, um, you know, and, and that we probably won't know who the president elect will be. And I think that's also um, good messaging for all of our um, big media outlets. Is are you having those conversations with some of those people at those outlets? You Every know, time like, I've talked to people from big media outlets, this has been like a major, major point that I try to, you know, hammer into um, them and into their coverage. Right. So, you know, we we have the reach that we have, but you know, folks who work in the media have a much larger one, and people need to get the message that it's possible we're not going to know the winner right now i mentioned some states don't process their absentee ballots until either election day or polls close other states do so there are some states that process them on a rolling basis so florida for example is processing ballots now right the ballots come in they're checking the signatures they're making sure all the information's there and then they're just putting them ready in the machine so that all they have to do on election day is push a button and then they start counting them. Now, ones that arrive on election day, probably not gonna be counted um, as, as part of that initial total. But if Florida is kind of decisively won, um, and, you know, look, I, I mean, you know, just to be plain about this, if Biden carries Florida, it's very difficult for Trump to have a path to victory without it. And then maybe we're not sort of, mm-hmm. you know, at the edge of our seat trying to wait for days as to what happens in Pennsylvania. Now, if that doesn't happen, and like I said, it comes down to a state like Pennsylvania or Wisconsin, which also doesn't process its absentees until election day, then we're going to be in for a wait. And yeah, everyone needs to understand that. We need to get expectations set so that, you know, as the days roll by after election day, people don't start kind of freaking out or losing confidence in the process. 
those states, it's just going to take that long for them to count all their ballots. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been telling people like, oh, I can't wait till the election is officially over. And, <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, but that doesn't mean everything's over. And I'm like, no, but at least we'll have a new shit. We'll have a new set of shit to worry about, not the same <laughs> stuff that we've been worrying about for so long. Do you feel that way? Or maybe you're just so focused and you still have so much to do. I mean, we all have no, work to do until it's I, over. I'm like but... in the same boat as you. I'm sort of like, let's get through election day. Like we've, I mean, we've thought about the other stuff and we have plans in place for those kinds of problems if they happen um, after the votes are cast. But, you know, I think we're all like, like everyone else at the ACLU, we're just like, let's get through November 3rd. And then, you know, it's like mm-hmm. running a marathon, right? And you're just like, let me just get past mile 20 or whatever, you know, and then I'll worry about the last, you know, 6.2 once I, once I get there. Um, um, let's just, let's just get through election day first. Do you, please tell me you have another like getaway planned for yourself and your family. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you deserve it, Taylor. <laughs> I, I, I wish I did, but um, since last we talked, the Supreme Court agreed to hear a case that, um, another one of my cases, this is, I think I told you about this over the summer. Actually, no, I don't think it happened last time we talked. We, yeah, we spoke in July. Yeah, we spoke in July. This was at the end of July. Um, you know, we won this case in the Supreme Court a year ago about uh, a citizenship question on the census, which we yes. were worried about. Oh, yes, yes, the yeah, yeah, the fight, yeah. Participating in the census was in the fight, right. Um, after we talked in July, the Trump administration released a new plan which was they were just gonna not include, they were gonna count everyone, but if they figured out that any person who responded to the census is an undocumented immigrant, they're just gonna subtract them, just pencil them out and not count them. What? When giving up representation in Congress. No, it's true, it's never happened in American history. Every census has always just included everyone who lives here, but they're gonna try to just exclude, you know, 12 million undocumented residents in this country. It's gonna, Hammer, California, Texas, New Jersey, other states. Um, And so we sued, you know, he released the policy on a Tuesday. We sued on a Friday. We got into court right away. We won, but the Supreme Court announced they want to hear the case. And it's being- Oh, for shit. Yeah, it's being heard on Monday after Thanksgiving, November 30th. Oh Oh my God. How relaxing. How relaxing. I I thought we were going to get a little bit of a break after election day, but- um, well, that leads to the whole, and I don't even want to say her name. Go ahead, Ange, because I'm going to make you say it. No, I mean, we, we're, we're still very raw. We, but for those listening, we're recording this the day after the nomination of the Her, of she. Um, yeah, and we're still very raw. <laughs> yeah. It's still very raw. I mean, it will be for a while just because of the circumstance and whose seat she's filling. Yep. Um, all of it. So, um yeah, that's scary. It's scary to hear that now the, the Supreme Court is that that means something different now. Yeah, I mean, we, we were sort of hoping that we could convince the court not to rush the case. Um, yeah, it's really I mean, this is really rushed. The, the, the citizenship question case that was in the fight that was, you know, kind of a crazy schedule. The Supreme Court said they were taking the case in February and then we had argument in in April. So I had about nine months. I'm sorry, nine weeks to prepare for the argument. This time they're giving us six. Um, so it was already, I mean, like the last one felt insane to me and this one's even shorter. And, you know, I, I, the, the, you know I, the only thing I can say is 
the census count for um, representation in Congress is supposed to be finished by the end of the year. Um, so it's not crazy for the Supreme Court to say we want to get this thing resolved mm -hmm. in advance. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a bad sign. Mm -hmm. And while I'm nervous about a lot of voting rights issues in front of the Supreme Court right now, this is one issue that I think even most of the conservatives on the court should agree with us and should think is an easy question. The Constitution says that um, every person um, in each state is counted um, in the census mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. that number is what's used for divvying up Congress. You know, these conservatives on the court call themselves textualists. We just interpret the words of the Constitution. Well, unless you're willing mm -hmm. to say that undocumented immigrants aren't people, right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty hard to come up with some argument for why Trump can just exclude 12 million people from the census, something that's never been done in American history. So I, I, I still like our odds, even with a with a very conservative court. Um, but you know, nothing's easy. Mm -hmm. Why would it be? It's 2020, Dale. <laughs> I mean, oh God, God. wow. So and see, that... these are the things that slip under the cracks. We yes. didn't hear anything about this. We knew nothing about this. It's just so infuriating. Everyone's so focused on the election for good for good reason, right? But it's right. I mean, that's what the whole last four years has been like, though. I feel like you know. I mean, there are hundreds of things that have happened in the last four years that probably could have been you know months long scandals in any other administration. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Because we're just bombarded mm -hmm. constantly. We're like you know, it's just one shiny object after another. It's impossible to keep track of it. It's all. it's frenetic, um, and I don't like it. <laughs> We're exhausted. No. I would take boring. <laughs> yeah, that right. Yeah, it's like let's vote for boring for four years. I don't even know. Um, let I want to talk about something good. <laughs> so, um, congratulations on the Critics' Choice nominations. I know, like in another world, this would be awesome news, and I think it's it's good news. <laughs> but just congratulations. I'm excited for you guys and for this journey um, because we wouldn't have met you without this film. Well, and this um, is for the fight, which if you haven't seen oh, it, right. the documentary, yes, yes, the documentary on that follows uh, um, some lawyers of the ACLU, including Dale, and that's how we met Dale in the first place. So, yeah, yeah carry on. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, just congratulations on the nomination. And I, I don't think it's going to be the last. So um, how do you feel? I mean, this is your first Critics' Choice nomination, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm nominated. I'm just subject, I mean, right? the film. But, yes, the film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's really You exciting. carried the film, Dale. Don't tell yeah. your coworkers, but you carried it. Don't tell your, they're all great, but you're the star. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, look, 2020 has been so hard in so many ways and you know, I don't want to um, focus too much on, you know, what, what I, I, so many people have had so many hard times, so I'm not going to, mm -hmm. you know, put, throw a pity party. But like, you know, when we met back, you know, at Sundance, it felt like the beginning of a journey with the film. You know, it was so exciting. And, you know, I, I, I had I'd never been to Sundance before. And it was really, really um um, awesome to be there. But I had sort of in the back of my mind, like, you know, there's going to be other stuff like this in coming months and it kind of, you know, was a little bit of a blur and I was like working half the time while I was there anyway, but I was like, it's okay. Um, and then obviously when the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of the plans for rolling out the film, you know, got yeah. canceled for like big premieres and things like that. And look in the, in like the universe of terrible shit that's happened this year, that's like really amongst the smallest things, the fact that we didn't get like a premiere party, but, <laughs> but you know, I mean, we were kind of looking forward to it. So yeah. It, it, 
a bummer, but it's nice to see that there's some recognition from the for the film, and mm -hmm. you know, I hope there's more to come. Yeah. Well, well I want to go back to one of my favorite scenes in the film. You're practicing, I think it was your opening statement or your closing statement in front in front of the mirror of the hotel room and you're a little nervous. But now that you're doing these via Zoom, is, is it easier for you, the, these statements and-, and So and I've only of... had one argument in court since um, I was in the Supreme Court and it's in this latest census case in the, in the, in the, in the trial court and it was on the phone. Um, oh. That was kind of weird um, yeah. instead of on, you know, Zoom. Um, and I was like, I was like at this desk, I was like standing here, you know, like pro I, it was during the summer. So I didn't have a hoodie on, but like you know, <laughs> I had like papers strewn out all over my desk and I was like kind of pacing back and forth with a headset. It's different. Um, um, and I was a little nervous because it was like my first argument since a bunch of people had seen the film and it was like, okay, don't fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, you know, a new pressure. Watching now. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, you know, I think, it, you know, it, you know, we're, so we're going to have this argument in the Supreme Court again. This will be, you know, second time now um, on November 30th, but it'll be on the phone. And, you know, it's maybe not as nerve wracking. On the other hand, it's also kind of disappointing because part yeah. of what's, you know, I mean, it's it's such a, 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 an incredible amount of preparation to um, get ready for an argument in the Supreme Court. But there's like a payoff to it, which is you go there and there's this, you know, it's, there's a lot of formality to it, a lot of pomp and circumstances, like kind of like a wedding almost, you know, I mean, it's like you put mm -hmm. on your best suit and, you know, yeah. um, and you're in this like marble building and, 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 and whatever. Um, 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 but here, I'm just going to be like sitting at this desk with a little headset on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hope no one, you know, uses the bathroom during, <laughs> it was like oh. actually a Supreme Court argument this spring where, like there was an audible toilet flushing. No, come on. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It wasn't mine. It was like it was like right after the pandemic, and like people were still getting used to. And there was this whole like you know back and forth on Twitter trying to like identify the culprit, like which of the justices it might have <laughs> might have been. I don't. I I I cannot claim to uh, be able to read those clues. But um, who can we just ask that. which justices were a part of this? <laughs> I, no? I, I have no comment. Okay. Uh, likes beer, a lot of beer, and that causes yeah, you to maybe. a lot. So I'm That's just true. <laughs> anyway, Dale, I think you should still wear your suit. I think you should still. At least the top. Just wear the top. <laughs> or maybe a cape. We can make you a cape, a bitch talk cape. I can't. Can wear Ange that. can. I yeah. will sew it for you. I think you should still, you know, it just adds to, I feel like, the costume. Maybe I'll wear a costume. Something I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. Why not? My family did a Wizard of Oz theme one year and I was a flying monkey. So maybe that's oh, a, yeah. a on the wings. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys even, uh, this is going to go after Halloween. Are you going to try and celebrate a little bit this year? Yeah, I was going to like go to the park and like my children are going to just like gorge themselves on candy for several right. hours. Right. Yeah. Nice. We're not going to go door to door. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. No. Some people are doing it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of like, I don't know about that. That seems, yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know either. I, I still think people don't think we're in a pandemic anymore, but I mean, that, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I took us a little off topic. No, that's okay. Oh, that's that's okay. So Dale, um, 
thank you again. Third time's a charm uh, for being on Bitch Talk. We appreciate you and um, the work you're doing. And I feel like, you know, maybe after November, maybe we can just have a like a some kind of calming check-in. Oh, That's yeah. what I'm really hoping for. We'll just do yoga together. Yeah, so let's take just, a yoga yeah. class. Medi- we'll just meditate totally. together. <laughs> totally. I, I had like stopped exercising because I was like, I don't know, feeling too busy. And like, as soon as the Supreme Court or, or issued its order saying they were gonna hear this case, I was like, and now I'm gonna do uh, 45 minutes of yoga. Like, I mean, it's kind like, of calendar now three times yeah. a week. We'll do yeah, it for Dale. you too. Take care of yourself, Dale. Find that peace, and you got kids to, you know, take your mind off things too. So that's good. Yeah. I'm gonna go help my daughter try to set up her Zoom with her friends now. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. Yes. And, and good um, luck, and we'll be following. Of course, it's great to see you both. You too. All right. Take care, Dale. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.